With spring training for the 1920 season only a few days away, Cleveland Indians shortstop Ray Chapman boarded a train in Carbondale, Illinois, after visiting his family in nearby Heron. As he waved goodbye and headed to the Indians' training camp in New Orleans, Chapman had already decided to retire from baseball after the 1920 season. Only 29 years old and still in his prime as a major leaguer, Chapman had promised his wife Kathleen that he would leave baseball to work for his father-in-law, Cleveland oil millionaire Martin B. Daly. But Chapman wanted to play one last season to help his close friend, player manager, and future Hall of Famer Tris Speaker win a world championship. He also wanted to fulfill his own dream of playing in a World Series. By the 1920 season, Chapman, described by the Cleveland Press as the boy wonder when he first broke in with the Indians, had become one of the American League's best shortstops. He was a steady 300 hitter and an excellent fielder. He'd also become one of the most popular players in the game. When he married socialite Kathleen Daly on October 29, 1919, Cleveland newspapers described the wedding as a social event of the year and a happy conclusion to the romance of the baseball diamond. By mid-August, Chapman's final season in Cleveland appeared to be heading for a storybook ending. The Indians held the lead over the Yankees and the White Sox in a close pennant race, and his wife Kathleen was expecting the couple's first child in February. But in the top of the fifth inning, in a critical game played at the Polo Grounds between the Indians and the Yankees, Chapman's storybook season came to an end on one fatal pitch. Yankee pitcher Carl Mays, who had a freakish submarine delivery and a nasty reputation for throwing at hitters, threw a pitch that sailed up and in to the right hand hitting Chapman and struck him on the side of his head. The ball hit Chapman's head with such force that it bounced back to Mays, who fielded the ball and threw it to first base because he thought the pitch had struck Chapman's bat. August 16th, 1920. It was a very hot, muggy day. It's been described uh, a little cloudy and perhaps Chapman didn't see the ball coming. Carl even went before the district attorney and was completely exonerated of any purposeful act. Uh, but the baseball league in itself never really came around to that conclusion. Ty Cobb campaigned to have Mays banned from baseball, but Mays went on to pitch another nine years. Mays lost his uh, reputation, Chapman lost his life, and they both probably lost their place in, in the National Baseball Hall of Fame. After the beaning, a still conscious Chapman was helped from the field and rushed by ambulance to the hospital, where doctors discovered that he had suffered a depressed fracture of the skull. After emergency surgery to relieve pressure on his brain, Chapman's condition seemed to stabilize, but he worsened during the night and died on August 17th at 4.40 a.m. Baseball items always pepper Chapman's grave, most left by unknown persons quietly honoring memory of the Cleveland shortstop. The baseball items change? Yeah, they do. They do. Um, and it's nothing that our grounds crew does. Um, we just really feel that someone leaves something at the monument and comes back and picks it up. When Raymond Chapman died from that baseball pitch, baseball fans donated money to cover funeral costs and to buy this monument. Mysteriously, money still appears at Raymond Chapman's monument. Baseball still celebrates the life of Raymond Chapman. The money now helps fund the Lakeview Cemetery Foundation, helping charities. After Chapman's tragic death, a heartbroken 
but inspired Indians team, led by Trish Speaker and new shortstop and future Hall of Famer Joe Sewell, went on to win the American League pennant and defeat the Brooklyn Dodgers in the World Series for Cleveland's first Major League Baseball championship. The Indians wouldn't win another World Series until 1948. Ray Chapman's daughter, named Ray Marie, was born on February 27, 1921. Several years later, Kathleen Chapman, who never completely recovered from her husband's death, died after poisoning herself. The family insisted that the poisoning was accidental, but the coroner ruled the death a suicide. When Ray Chapman returned to Heron after his early success, he was treated like a hero and given the honorary appointment as sidewalk inspector. He jokingly declared, guess I'll be mayor of Heron when I grow up. In the fabled history of baseball, Chapman has never grown up. Since his death 100 years ago, Chapman has been memorialized thanks to Mike Sewell's critically acclaimed The Pitch That Killed as the perfect baseball hero, handsome in bearing, faultless in conduct, and idealized by his teammates who, like Lou Gehrig and Roberto Clemente, died tragically at the height of his glory. Major League Baseball started in 1876, so there have been more than 30 million pitches thrown, and only one of them ever killed a man. This is Pete Peterson for Reading Baseball.